This is the Hiking Through Life podcast. We've all been gifted a journey called life. Let's see where the journey leads us today. Are you looking for some wool for your little ones on your next adventure? Try Ella's Wool. We've been using Ella's Wool since Rory was two months old, and I can say that he's always snug and cozy when he's in his Ella's Wool on our outside adventures. The moisture wicking material is sure to keep your little one comfortable on their next adventure. Whether it's around the block or trekking to the top of a mountain, Ella's Wool will have your little ones covered. Use code HIKINGTHROUGHLIFE2020 to save 10% off your order. Go to ellaswool.com and use the code HIKINGTHROUGHLIFE2020 to save 10% off your next order. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast, where we talk with people who in some way, shape, or form have been influenced by the outdoors. I'm Andy, the producer of this podcast, and my lovely wife, Sarah, will be your host. Together, we make up Hiking Through Life. This podcast is all about bringing all kinds of people who are inspired by the outdoors and sharing their stories. We hope that by sharing people's stories, it inspires others to get out and live a more meaningful life. Tune in every week for new episodes, or better yet, subscribe to the Hiking Through Life podcast on your favorite podcast provider. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with others. Also, if you have a story to share, or know of anyone who might be interested in being a guest on this podcast, head on over to hikingthroughlife.net slash podcast and get in touch with us. Now sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Ramona too. Ramona is an avid hiker, outdoor enthusiast, and wife, and mother to her almost two-year-old daughter. Ramona is making change in the hiking and car community all over the world with her new book, My Little Legs. She self-published the children's book written in the Karen language with hopes of giving Karen the Karen language. And it gives her daughter to access books in the Karen language through her childhood. Welcome to the podcast, Ramona. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm sure I will kind of butcher more words throughout this conversation, but Corinne. Oh, that's fine. Is it, it, yes, Corinne. <laughs> is it okay if I fix you? Yes, please do. Okay. <laughs> please do. Yes, it's the Corinne. Yeah. So Corinne, people are a uh, minority, one of the biggest, uh, the, the, the largest minority from uh, Burma. Okay. I thought uh, it was what, Myanmar. 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 See, there I go yes. again. Yes, Myanmar. So um, they changed the country name. I know who does that, but they did. Okay. But I grew up knowing Myanmar as Burma. Then I think in 1989, they changed it to Myanmar. So they changed the whole country name. I don't know why. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Little history lesson there. There you go. Okay. So, and you grew up there, but you grew up mostly in a refugee camp in Thailand, correct? Correct. Yes. So um, I was born in between Burma and Thailand border while my parents were on the run. So they, the reason uh, they were uh, fleeing because of the civil war. So, you know, they burned down the house. They forced us to flee. So, yes, I was born in the jungle in the middle of Burma, Myanmar and Thailand border. And then uh, 
we, we were finally able to like resettle in a refugee camp in Thailand and stay in one place. And that's basically where you had like your entire childhood. Pretty much. Yes. Uh, from uh, when I was two until I was 12. And then I moved to the United States when I was 12. So that's like a huge change because when you're in a refugee camp, like, I mean, it's, it's like a big community, I imagine, like, and you're like eating with a bunch of people and like, you're doing a lot of work together, correct? Yes. But you know, a refugee camp. Uh, I, so, you know, when I moved to the United States, when I learned about the uh, concentration camp, yes. yes. Yeah. Or uh, yeah. I'm like, whoa. That like that that sounded a lot like you know how I grew up. Yeah, because yes. like they have you doing work, like almost slavery, correct? Well, no, not really. Like in refugee camp, it just that you know you are in one place, but there's like no labor work. But you're in one place, but you aren't allowed to leave the area or the camp. And if you do, you get thrown into jail if you get caught. So you kind of just stay in one area and you can't really do anything, no job, no income, no nothing. Right. With hopes of coming over to the U.S. That was like the end goal for your family, right? Um, we can't go back. So yeah. it's either you go back and, you know, you get caught and get shot in the way of going back home or uh, you, you move forward and, um you know, each year the U.S. accept, you know, a certain amount of refugees who can resettle in the United States. So then we went forward because we, we have no home. It's not safe to go back. Yeah. As, so then we seek asylum in the United States. So when you came over here, when you were like 12, what, like, what was your first reaction and thoughts that you remember having? Ah, Okay. <laughs> so uh I came in, uh, to the U.S. It was in Idaho, not in uh, Minnesota. So Idaho is very white. <laughs> let's yeah. just say, and um, it was in February, so it was still winter. So yeah, I'm just gonna tell you from you know from how I got from like a hot weather to like a cold weather and not having like appropriate clothing because I had a flip-flop or what you call it a sandal yes <laughs> yeah and like a thin pan on and then like a really thin like sweaters because they did warn us that in the plane it will be cold so yes I had a very not appropriate winter clothing landing in the United States so my first thought was oh it's cold but then we came at night so like I can't really see anything but the next morning I think it started snow but like I never saw snow in my whole, my entire life so I just thought it was it was pretty but it was cold that was my first thought <laughs> yeah yeah I bet so I mean that's that's a huge like whoa whoa big change temperature definitely, change climate definitely. change big shock everything yeah and the language and Oh, yeah. Because when you came over, you didn't know any English. No, no, no English at all. Um, so I start from the beginning, from A, B, C, D. <laughs> yeah, to until now. Yeah, still learning. Because did you just did you just start going to a regular elementary school? So when I first moved to the state, especially in Idaho, there isn't they don't resettle a lot of refugees. 
so they don't have like uh, ESL program so you, um, English second language yeah so they don't have uh, that program yet so then you kind of have to just go for it go with it and try to fit in try to pick up the language as much as possible which is hard as a 10 year old like it's yeah. a little easier when there's like maybe you're three or four years old when you haven't been immersed in English as long but when you're 10 or 11 already that's that's hard I mean I was in like my preteens so 12 yeah 12 yeah so you know it it was hard because as someone at that age and you know growing up like you know was forced to grow up so you kind of already know a lot of things and you went through so much already and you have to do this all over again. You know, you know how to be embarrassed, I guess. Yeah. Well, your English now is like magnificent. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yes. But I feel like I still have an accent, but it's okay. That's part of me. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It's, yes. And the current languages too. And what about your, what's your daughter's name? Emma. Her name is Emma. Okay. And do you guys speak Karen to her? Yes. We speak uh, both English and Karen. Karen. Yeah. Okay. So does she, when she talks, is it mostly in Karen or is it in English? Both. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She, she, she picked up both. It's funny sometimes because, um, you know, sometimes. I'll speak to her in Karen and I'll say something in English, but she will not pick up the word. She's like, I don't know what that word means. Then I have to repeat it in Karen. Like, oh, okay. And vice versa. Sometimes I'll say something in Karen. She's like, I don't know what that means. So then I'll have to say in English. So we have to, <laughs> it's going back and forth. Yeah. But that's so good for her brain to process that and think that that's so good yeah. for her little brain. Uh-huh. So hopefully she can still, uh, you know, learn to speak and read and write our native language by the time she's growing up. So that is something I want to keep in, you know, that in that culture for the culture. Well, yeah. And that's like the whole thing behind your book, My Little Legs. Mm -hmm. Like you wrote that like with not even wanting to publish it to the world. Is that right? Correct. <laughs> I wanted to do it for my daughter, actually. <laughs> Because uh, growing up, I don't really have access to book. I don't have any children book. Actually, I don't. Yeah, no children book in the house at all. The only book that was available was the Bible, like the Bible, not even the modern version. It's like the old <laughs> Bible. So that was the only book. And that was in the refugee camp, right? Correct. Yes. And was that just because like there wasn't they didn't have access to them they couldn't provide them for the people in the camps like that was not a priority well they do have a library but I, I guess it's just how I grew up it, like you know it wasn't in my family it wasn't important to my parents uh, that's not how they grew up with it you know going to the library or read in general read for fun or just you know the importance of literature it wasn't important to them or that's not how they were raised so then when I come to my turn, they didn't do that with me either. But then like, you know, when I came here and like, wow, like, you know, people actually read book for fun. They have books lying around their house. They have bookshelf. And I'm like, I want to do that. I want to, you know, uh, do that for my daughter when I have a kid someday. But like, so that's why I started writing that book. And then I look around and there wasn't any 
Korean book, Korean English book. So I'm like, I want to write a book <laughs> in Korean language and also in English so that, because that's what my daughter knows, you know, Korean and English. Yeah, right now. So then I'm like, you know, in English, it can be an invitation to, you know, anyone, like even her friends can read it or like other kids that doesn't speak like Korean or read Korean. Yeah, so there was a, you know, in English, it was an invitation to other people. But like exactly. in Korean, yeah, in Korean, it was more of like for her and like, you know, even her cousins, they can, you know, read, uh, maybe read Korean someday. So that was for them too, for a family thing. But then my friend was like, you should publish it. I'm like okay <laughs> so that's the story I guess <laughs> and so my little legs like it's kind of about she like your daughter Emma was the inspiration of the character correct and it's just kind of about like all the magnificent things little legs can do outdoors mm-hmm. yes so yeah um the book is featured in uh, I mean the book the character is her Emma so is um, that her name in the book Yes, Emma. And then um, uh, she's wearing like a Korean traditional dress. And um, also I was just, you know, her growing up and I, I went back and look at the picture. I'm like, this is like her uh, development, like milestone, you know, started from like crawling to climbing things and to walking. Yeah. So I also wrote the book uh, based on like her development milestone. How about like the the eating of things? Did you have little babies eating things in the book? Was little Emma eating dirt and sticks and twigs? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my, Emma is not like an eater somehow. So, you know, Ooh. some kids, they pick up stuff and they put it in their mouth. And somehow she's not that kid. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I know. That's good. Yeah, I, it is good. So she hasn't ate dirt yet. Like, oh, but... Yeah, you know, I, I have I have seen kids that, you know, pick up a stand and just shove it in their mouth. But somehow Emma doesn't care for those things. But like uh, now that she's able to walk and, um, you know, observing other things like along the trail, she's able to pick up sticks and little branches and leaves. Yeah, she's re- uh, she's picking up on those and she's really interested. Yeah, well, and now, so you said she's almost two. So I would imagine, like, in the last few months, like, she does she even want to be in the pack when you guys are out on the trail now? Or does she want to be walking and hiking by herself? She prefers to be on the trail now that she's able to walk. I remember one time we went camping. She wasn't able to walk yet, but she was able to crawl. So, um, it was like just a little tiny, like, you know, uh, hail, like, you know, from our camp site to like to the little uh, trail. Yeah, she'll she'll just go up and down, up and down, like crawl back, crawl back. <laughs> so that was really fun for her. But yeah, since she was able to walk, she just wanted to not be carried. She wanted to walk yeah. and crawl if she can. But, you know, that can get messy, but it's okay because that's part of explorations. Yeah. Yeah. It totally is. I know Rory, like just like in the past, like probably like three months has been like mm-hmm. walking a ton yeah, but, yeah, yeah. and we haven't brought him out in the backpack a ton. Usually we just like go push him on strollers on mm-hmm. like paved trails lately in the winter. So 
he hasn't done a whole lot of walking on the trail yet, but mm-hmm. I know when summer comes, that's all he's going to want. He, to that's do. all he's going to want to do. He's like, I want down. Yeah. Emma keeps saying down. Um, our last backpacking trip was back in October. She walked from the parking lot all the way down, all the way to our campsite. How long was it? Oh, oh gosh. Have you been to Afton State Park? Yeah. The backpacking site? Yeah, those from are, the parking that's a lot. nice one. Yeah. So yeah, down the hill, up to the little hill. And it's to- very, yeah, it's hilly there. Yeah, but I mean, it took us a while, but she was able to do the whole thing. So that was really nice because she's heavier than our backpack. <laughs> right. Yeah, yes. she's got to be like 35, 40 yeah. pounds almost. 30 pounds. Yeah, yeah 30, 30 pounds. pounds. Yeah, she's right. a slim one. <laughs> yeah. I guess Rory Rory's only 30 pounds too actually okay but yeah Yeah. in the pack it feels heavy it does especially like the hail (laughs) yes wow so she did the whole thing that's awesome yes so it's really nice for us so hoping to do more of that in the summer do you guys do any winter camping we haven't tried yet the coldest we did was that in that October yeah we did one in November. Whoa, okay. That but it was be- it was the beginning of November. So okay. basically October. Okay. Okay. Um and then also the earliest we did was March, the beginning of March last year and it what, was still yeah. cold. Yeah, that's cold. <laughs> it was a lot colder than October let's just say. Yes, but you know with the right gears you kind of yeah it's doable it was with the right years yeah so that's like another like interesting thing so you didn't grow up doing any of any of those no and then you came over you went to Idaho um you went to college in Idaho correct yes yes and that's when you kind of started outdoor recreation Mm -hmm. yes correct uh after it was more of like toward the end of my college years that you know I was you know growing up I just had a lot of personal traumas as a child and you know growing up and like you know in my culture also like you know talking to a therapist or like you know talking about feelings it wasn't like it wasn't like a normal thing it was like um so then I'm like well I grown up like you know those things and I have never tried a therapist before and um or talk it to anybody that I trust, or you know, with my story to yeah, I don't have anyone. So I'm like, I gotta figure out another way to do this. So I start going hiking and yeah, and like just go for a walk, especially like you know, in a place like you know, with uh in the woods, it was quiet, there was no one there, no people. Um, and it was just like very therapeutic for me it was like nature therapy thing that kind of thing and then you know as I'm going forward um it was one of my uh coping mechanism with like you know all the things that happen around me and then I have kids and I'm like I want to teach her to love this because you know this is like I want her to teach her this is like a safe space you know I mean it was for me but then I just hope that, you know, as I do this, I just hope that she learned to appreciate the nature as much as I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I totally 
align with that as well with like having our own kids too like I want Rory to love the outdoors just as much as we do and it's not something that you can like force on your child no. like in yeah the end, they're gonna get to choose what they want to do exactly. as they get older but while they're young all you can do is expose them to that to the outdoors and bring them outdoors and mm-hmm. just see the benefits that it's giving them when they are outdoors yeah so it's paving the way I guess exactly. <laughs> right yeah yeah paving the way yeah yeah exactly starting with my my little legs <laughs> correct yeah. <laughs> yes but um uh, yeah so like uh, you mentioned like you know if you wanted to know if I grew up like you know in the nature um, environment yeah no like you know grow up in uh, growing up in refugee camp like each house is like a few feet apart from each other so it was very crowded it was dirty everything was dirty well, when you say everything is dirty, I mean, that kind of makes me think of the outdoors anyway. <laughs> the outdoors is dirty. <laughs> it is, but like not in the right. way. Ours is, you know, when you're out in the outdoors, like open space, big space. And like, there's not a lot of people. At, yeah, but like, I'm talking about when I was in the camp, like each house is like very close to each other. You can hear everyone. I feel like, you can breathe everyone's breath around you because it was very close and you know the water and everything it was not sanitized and trashes everywhere yeah piled up like you know around your neighbors and like you know because we don't have proper disposal to, uh, disposed to trash so then like you know people burn those trashes and then it come it just come back into the same place so it was very polluted yes but it's not not like a open space, I guess, like how we, you know, we do nature walk around here. Right. But, you know, just listening to you talk about the refugee camp is kind mm-hmm. of interesting because I think so many people think of like camping can be a very dirty activity. Like when you camp, you have to but pee this is totally different. Right. <laughs> right. It's very different. But yeah. like like people think camping is so dirty and some people don't want to go camping because mm, it's so okay. because camping is so dirty and they don't want to I experience guess getting dirty <laughs> but like your oh. your experience dirty in the refugee yeah like different the refugee say. camp is much much different than yeah. than that <laughs> but <laughs> right like yeah, you like, are surrounded dirty? by a ton of people crammed in yeah and like one little space so you know it's funny how especially like talking to my parents it's different because you know like why why do you want to do this because they did they understand why I was seeking this kind of you know um therapeutic like through nature through the outdoor and camping but like because they have never actually like done like actual camping because I guess it reminded them a lot of like, you know, what their life was like back in like, you know, the camp or back in when they were fleeing. So they personally didn't find it as appealing when I entered, like, you know, when I told them about it. Yeah. But I think now that I, I, I took my parents to a national park once and they were like, I like this. This is therapeutic. This is relaxing because they thought it was like the same experience like no like 
<laughs> yeah, but I guess in a way, I'm trying to, you know, as they get older or. No, but that's so there you're saying like your parents, when they were fleeing the country of Burma at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were relating their experiences of fleeing Burma to what they thought like the outdoors and camping could be like. Yeah, because, you know, like when you were fleeing, you were hiding. You have to like, you know, stay in like a small hut or like, you know, a small like space, like in the jungle. Yes. Yes. So, you know, and then like we came here and like camping. Then does it sound fun? Because it was you know how they tried like almost like mirroring if you right know what I well mean. and I'm sure they just had to like carry their stuff with them right yes like what yes. they had was on their pack on their backs mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. didn't have a whole lot with them yeah so it is very similar yeah it is but like you know it's, they have the whole life on their back yes. you know they have to take whatever they can everything was on their back but like you know can't be experienced here it's like okay you get to choose what you're gonna bring what you yeah. yeah don't want to bring and um your pack can be light can be heavy it's, it, it was your choice if you want to do outdoor here but for them back there it was you have to for survival so yeah I'm like why would you want to go camping <laughs> yeah I I get that a lot of comments from them and come from my community from your all oh, from your whole community okay, okay yeah my whole community and you know but I mean I got to find a way out like some outlet and to like you know talking to them is isn't it wasn't a choice so I got to find something that works for me so your community is kind of like they all have that perspective as well and do you mean your community like the community that's here like in Minneapolis with you like all of the no, more of like the current community in general but the, there's a current community here in Minneapolis correct oh yes in the twin city there's a lot so the largest com- uh, current community in United States is in Minnesota okay yeah so there's a lot of us in the twin cities and um in like other states it's very small like where we're um, in Idaho when I first came I was the third family the third current family that resettled there there was not much resources for any refugees that resettled in Idaho so then is that did your family come over decide to come to Minnesota eventually or did you come to Minnesota it was, on it was your just own? me yeah I, I came here with the husband okay <laughs> so yeah. you, you met him in Idaho though no we met online okay yeah Yeah. met online and um we've been together for 10 years now been married for almost five years in July but we met online we visited each other every six months and he was in Minnesota yes while he was living in Minnesota he's also a Korean and he uh he grew up in Minnesota you know he moved here also when he was 12 but yeah we never met met online Facebook <laughs> it yeah. was on Facebook. It wasn't even a dating app. No, I know, crazy, right? <laughs> You're like, that's wild. Yeah, yeah no, I'm not teaching people uh, uh, the right stuff here. Stranger danger. Don't talk to people. You guys were like <laughs> mutual friends or something. Uh, yes. Friends in common. Yes, kinda. Oh, yeah, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> but here I am. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's like how everyone meets on. I mean, 
I met my husband online, but not on Facebook. (laughs) Okay. So it was a dating app for you. It was a dating app. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we have no mutual friends, not dating app. It was through Facebook. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So you guys, okay. You traveled back and forth and then you decided to settle in Minnesota. So did you feel like Minnesota was a better place to settle because of the Karen community here? Well, that, and then also um, more diverse, you know, living there. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I was, I never fit it in, you know, or like, it, I don't know. Yeah. I never, it's like, you have to try so hard to fit in. It's not just me. There's just like, you know, sometimes when you feel like you don't belong in one place, it's not healthy, I guess, you know, try, try too much. It's like toxic, but I mean, I moved here. I never knew that I'm go- I was going to move here because, you know, I grew up this, this, you know, in Idaho, that's all I know. But like when I first moved here, let's just say I was shocked because I didn't know there was such a, a big population of like the Southeast Asians populations here. I kind of just go with the flow when it comes to my life. I kind of, I feel like you have to. <laughs> Right. Right. Well, yeah. And I mean, there, there is such a large community of the, like a huge Asian population here in general. Mm -hmm. Like I used to teach in, um, in the Osseo school district and in that school district, there was a lot of Asian children and African children as well, but a lot of Asian children Mm -hmm. from multiple countries that were there. Yeah. So it's nice to you know live in this area the food mm, yeah <laughs> and then you know uh, it's just nice being able to try to like you know relate to somebody or you don't have to like sometimes feel like you're the outcast one like yeah yeah so it's just nice being with a community that may look like you yeah 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 well and for your daughter too mm-hmm. yes like that's probably yeah. huge for her. So do you guys like get together with Karen people a lot? Uh, right now because of pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's mostly like families. Okay. Fam- yeah. Mostly uh, families. Um, not much of the Karen community, especially if I'm the outdoorsy one and they're not. It's hard. I have been, I have been trying to d- befriend befriend some like some people so that they can join me for like a hike or a walk but they were like no but then I just want to keep doing that so maybe eventually they'll join me but for now it just it just doesn't look appealing to them so okay. maybe maybe someday someday someone will be like okay let's do this thing <laughs> yeah well yeah because that is like a big thing I mean more and more on the trail I feel like there's diversity but it's still Mm -hmm. predominantly all white people out on trails yeah yeah see like yeah majority of like people that do the outdoor activities all you see is like mostly white so then like when I start doing it and then people like what are you doing that's a white thing to do that kind of thing I get that kind of thing (laughs) yeah so I'm like no we can be there too you know it just is not their space it can be our space too right but like you know growing up that's how like other like people in my community see it it's like oh the outdoor is not like they just don't feel welcome 
because whenever they go to places, all they see is like, you know, other Caucasians and then they don't see their kind. So they're like, they say, yeah, they just don't feel comfortable. They don't feel safe. So uh, me as, you know, as I keep doing this, that I hope that I could maybe in inspire them to be like, okay, she's out there. So I can't do that kind of thing. So I hope to prove people wrong or just, you know, keep doing what I do. And eventually, you know, maybe hopefully uh, I can make them feel comfortable, feel more welcome, you know, to the outdoor. If they can utilize the outdoor to for their healing journey, whatever they need to do out there, they can go enjoy the outdoor. Right. Exactly. Like it's, it's a place for everyone. And it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's sad that people don't feel welcome out there because it's like, it's, it's the trail. That's, that's all it is. It's a trail. It's the outdoors. It's the trees. Yeah, It doesn't belong to anybody. Yeah. But then, you know, I think it just being the minority. Yeah. That's how the majority makes it feel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you think like everything's written in only English when you go those places. I don't know that national parks write things in other languages at all yet. (laughs) I don't think they do. Probably not at all. I think, you know, if you want to make a big impact like that, you have to start small with a state park, with the state trails, with even city parks. I think to make a big change like that, you have to start small. Yeah. And yeah, I don't even see that a lot of places yet. Not even in state park. (laughs) No. No. Yeah. Unfortunately. So yeah. hopefully in the future something can be done about it. Yeah. 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 What other reasons? I mean, besides like not feeling welcome, do you think there's other barriers to it? Definitely. Like um equipment, gears, anything. Yeah, like everything. Yeah. Like, you know, people that uh and like even just like an introduction to anything because a lot of like uh, immigrants, a lot of like uh, a minority, they grow up like, you know, not knowing those stuff. And so they don't have the advantage of those knowledge, but like, you know, some of like, I didn't either. So how did you learn? How did I learn? Kind of just insert to myself because (laughs) I'm like, I want to do this. (laughs) I guess in a way I'm a go-getter yeah like I want to learn this and then but like even as I started it it was like a big barrier to me I mean I don't have the money I don't have the knowledge I don't know if I'm if I'm doing this wrong but um I mean hiking just need energy (laughs) and and you know to go for a hike or walk and maybe a good buddy but um I don't know I don't know I just do it somehow yeah because the stuff is expensive like buying the gear and everything yeah I mean that yeah that can be a big barrier for all kinds of people I think and that's yeah I think that's what does stop people like I think a lot of people do think that you have to get very expensive stuff yes but then at the same time you know you I think mostly it's with the environment that people are in you know, like I said, like, like I mentioned, the not welcoming part, uh, they don't see other people of their own are not in the trail. So they're like, this is, you know, I'm not going to do this. But yes, expenses, it's, it's a, just like a disadvantage for 
a lot of yeah a lot of us right especially when you grew up in the immigrant families yeah but you did say you got your parents to a national park once and they liked it once they liked it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know uh, I I, I probably forgot to mention that that um, you know we're gonna be up in the mountain and the weather unpredictable (laughs) yeah but I mean they liked it but I guess they I mean, they have seen this kind of, you know, the mountain, the trees, you know, the open space before, but it's just different right now. They can like actually enjoy it. Yeah. So um, it was actually last summer, last summer. What my park parents was it? Yellowstone. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yellowstone. But my parent did say that, okay, I like, I like this, but he's like, it would have been nice if it's not rainy on us like the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's, you're up in a mountain, I up high in, you know, high elevations. So you never know what kind of weather you'll get. Yeah. But um, they probably didn't have the right year also. Me and my husband, we did because we have um, invested in some stuff that could, you know, just in case those weather a predictable like weather you know hit us but like my parents they were not ready so I felt bad but at the end of the trip I guess I changed my dad's mind he's like okay maybe I'll do this again (laughs) yeah but that is huge like not having the right gear can make or break a trip absolutely exactly it's like you either you, you either hit it or you know you like this that kind of thing but uh, like it was, I don't know, we're up in the mountain. It was cold, a little cold. It wasn't too bad, but uh, they just wish that they had the right gear so that they can enjoy this. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, and your husband, was the outdoors always a thing that he did since he had been in the United States or what no, was? No, I think, I think I introduced it to him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a, I'm, I guess I'm an outdoor converter. Yes. <laughs> yes. For your husband and your daughter. Exactly. <laughs> and maybe hopefully other people in my community, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's okay. I don't mind. I'll be that outcast. I'll be the, the crazy person that, you know, do outdoor stuff. What are you crazy? Why are you going camping for fun? Where are you hiking for fun? But I don't mind being that person. Yeah. Someone has to do it to get out there and show people the way. Exactly. So paving the way. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Crazy, right? Um, so, and in Idaho, you said the Sawtooth Mountains was like where you spent a lot of your time, right? Well, um, also, I try to go there as much as I can. But, um, you know, I was going to college, working like five different jobs. Actually, I have been working since I can in the United States, age 16. So um, mostly because in Idaho, you know, you live in the valley, like the place where I grew up, I was living in the valley. So like wherever you go, you'll hit a mountain or a hill, a big hill. So that's where I mostly do my local, uh, my, uh, my local hiking. But whenever I have a chance, whenever I can ask for a day off, I always try to go like drive up to like, you know, Stanley to like the, uh, the, um, the mountains. It's a lot prettier over there. Yeah. And where do you like to go? I mean, here you do like so much hiking, mostly with just you and Emma, 
right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because my husband is working, yeah. Yeah. But we try to do together as much as we can. But mostly me and Emma and whoever I can drag with me to the trails. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever family member is willing. Yes. Yes. So, but most, yeah, most, uh, I made a friend through Facebook, a hiking group. And yeah, we have been hiking together when we can since then. I think I have been doing a lot of outdoors since I moved here, not as much as uh, when I lived in Idaho, but I wish I could have because the scenery are more prettier over there. Yeah, it's yeah. Yes. Much yes. more mountains. Yes, much more mountains. Yes. <laughs> Here's a little flat, but you Yeah, know, but once you get up to the the North Shore here, yeah. there's Yeah, there's but some... like again like you know, I I have learned that, you know, in every it doesn't matter. It's I it, it's more of like where is your state of mind is at wherever you are. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's flat. If it's if it doesn't matter if it's you know in the city, not. But I think it's just where your mind is at. But I find every season pretty beautiful. I like that statement so much, and I think before having Rory, before becoming a mom, I always yeah. wanted like some really challenging hike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, now it's just like it, it doesn't really need to be like a challenge like a big expedition exactly yeah so that's what I have learned you know as as I keep doing this being the outdoor yeah doesn't matter (laughs) just I think you just need to you just need to enjoy the moment and not being on the move all the time or not trying to explore all the time I think you know you can explore or you can like you know just enjoy just being there at the moment it helps bring peace yes yes I think that is a huge that's like really really good advice for people I think because so many humans want to get out there on the trail and just like go and explore and constantly see and see how far they can get but yeah with little legs with little legs you can't right you can't do that so you (laughs) kind of just have to go with the flow (laughs) yeah those little tiny legs uh I mean you know back then I'll try to challenge myself okay let's do let's go like for uh, three mile hikes but right now that she's just want to walk the whole trail okay maybe one mile is good (laughs) it just because she's a lot smaller than us and then you know it just sometimes you know some like little things that you know you don't notice they notice so I'm like whoa I never seen this before so yeah like you know little leaves with like different color like what's on the leaves sometimes what's on the trees like I don't know this it but she's like she pointed at me she she has taught me something being a mom yeah yeah it's so true they they slow you down they do but in a good way like you know they're not gonna be a baby forever and you know especially like growing up in America like you know the western thing like you have to compete all the time you have to like be on the move all the time yeah so then like nature slow you down like kids slow you down to take a step back and just enjoy the moment or try to enjoy the moment or you know take it in as much as you can because 
this only at this moment. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you said, yeah, like in, in this country, in America, people mm-hmm. are always on the go all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a huge thing. And I don't know, like in your own culture, I mean, you grew up in the refugee camp, so it was probably different, but yeah. in your culture, the current culture, like, are they more connected to family as, and slowing as a down? community is very family oriented. Okay. And then um, people are very chill, very relaxed. They're not on the move all the time so that's it's it's another funny thing is that I noticed in my culture uh when people first moved here you know because in America okay you have to be at this appointment at this time and you have to be on time and like it was really hard for us because you know we're not used to being like on the dot all the time yeah so (laughs) it was like it's still a still like a big adjustment for like us people yeah (laughs) Yeah. So, so do you guys think that you live more like the Karen way, or would you say it's more the American way or kind of intermingled? Both mingling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't want to say more of the other or less of the other because we're doing it both. Yeah. 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 Right, right. Yeah. No, I just thought that was yeah interesting <laughs> with, with the conversation. Yeah, that yeah. It's both. That's cool. Why not? We can do both. So yeah. Why not do both? Right, right. Well, and yeah, like how you're teaching her both languages. Mm-hmm. So your book, right now, you said that you started a website. Yes, I just set up a website. Um, it's at www.nohachu.com. So also, I guess I'll have to tell you a little bit about the uh, nickname, Nohachu, Nohachu. So no is like a, a, a she, hers pronouns, but like Hachu is like, you know, people want to say as like, you know, I'm outing too much, I'm doing too much. It was, like I said, it was like a negative connotation thing. Um, just not being like, you know, one place, especially doing, especially this is more for like the outdoor stuff. Yeah, so like I got that nickname and I got offended at first, but you know what? I was like, but that is me. So why not? <laughs> so someone someone gave you that name. My community, my parents, my families. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just gonna live up to that name and own it. So and then like, you know, sometimes, you know, in our language, we don't have that like you know like uh, some certain words we don't have that in English yeah that's yeah a lot of languages like sometimes in English we don't have that kind of words but the more I think about it that word it's it's me more of like a wanderer or like a explorer so I guess I'm just gonna have to add it to the urban dictionary (laughs) yeah yes Well, and I love that, like, you're just owning it because it just like, like the whole conversation we've been having is Mm -hmm. kind of all about that and how like your own story has evolved through the trail and through all this, like it's, yeah, it it kind of explains so much (laughs) of your journey. So I'm like, yeah, so I'm like, thank you. Well, I will, I will take it. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. So people can buy the book on that website? Yes. 
my um my book and then also my stickers yes tell us about your stickers it's a hiking mama stickers you know I have been like doing um hiking with Emma a lot like alone in the summer and I just want to like you know represent I guess yeah <laughs> yeah and then I also have another stickers um is the woman of colors so a diverse yeah a diverse group of, uh, of women the BIPOC woman going um like hiking stickers so yeah I just want to pre- represent the BIPOC group to like out in the outdoor we enjoy the outdoor too it's just not for I just say people get offended if I use a certain word so <laughs> yeah I mean that just a fancy word a Caucasian people yeah <laughs> yes it's for yes. everyone it's for everyone <laughs> yes people need to know that it's for everyone <laughs> everyone's invited to the outdoors yes that's right yes awesome awesome well yeah and we will have the link to the website in All the right. show notes for sure do you have any other thoughts that you want to add? I just hope to get this out there, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, I want to I want to do this at the same time. Like, I don't want to sound like too promoting. But, you know, it was, it, it's just a book. It was meant to be for my daughter. But it just that a lot of people are interested in it. And then also, I want to keep writing because a lot of people like especially like the people that got my book that are Korean yeah like you know they see this book like in bilingual and like you know in Korean and English and like you know the character in the book like especially like the little girls they were like oh that look like me yeah because they don't often see that in you know their book at the libraries or at school so this is like the first time seeing it and like they just get really excited and I get really excited hearing those things <laughs> yeah because the little girl is in like the traditional dress yeah traditional dress and then you know the tone of the skin is not white it's like brown yeah and like other girls like that look like Emma they can relate so so the book is kind of is there an age range that you would recommend it for uh zero to three there was my age range because it was meant for Emma but a lot of library a lot of like school I even have a high school teacher email me wanting the book for like their students because I mean like you know learn like especially like you know new incomer like high school student that never went to like school in America before they moved to the United States and you know at what at the age of you know their age and then like you know learning a new language I think it's just like some vocabs that they can pick up from there. Like, I swear it can be for anyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. such a good point. Like, because it, it's like side to side, like English on one page and current on the other, on right? Other. Yes, yes. Right, so. Yes, so then like, they, like, ex, like, I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying that, you know, I think it's more of like typical, uh, like I'm saying zero to three, typical children that grew up here. But then also someone that just started at high school but had never learned English before, that can also be their first, you know, their first introduction to like, you know, uh, English, like some vocabs like climb, like jump and walk. Yeah. So those are like vocabs to pick up on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this book is 
I, I could see it being huge for so many, in so many ways for the Korean community, for the outdoors community, because there is such a movement of people wanting to invite everyone to the outdoors because the outdoors is for everyone, like you've been saying. Yeah. And, and books like this is exactly what needs to be put on people's shelves and people need to be exposed to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, you can edit this out if you don't want, uh, if you want to. But I also, I, I, I also write this book because so I hike, I do hike, but like, you know, and like I broke my hiking shoes because I've hiked so much in the last couple of years before I had kids before. And then when I had kids, I went to pick up a new hiking boots. I had experience where like a salesperson, she looked at me like up and down and she literally told me that this boot is for people who hike. I'm like, I come here to look for a hiking boots because I hike. Yeah, but you know, I get, yeah, that, that, that really hates me actually. Yeah, I want, I'm like, what do you mean? Like you, you look at me and you're telling me that I don't hike. <laughs> yeah, right. so that really who, Like, yeah. yeah, how, who is she to make this stereotype and even know that? Like, mm-hmm. what is she basing this off of? Exactly. So that's why, like, I was, I mean, I was upset. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah, understandable. That's why so. I, I want, yeah, yeah. But like, I, that's why, like, I keep wanting to present, you know, me as, you know, a person, like a color person, like, we can enjoy the outdoor too. <laughs> yeah. But that really hit me when I went and got the hiking boots because I broke my first one. Yeah. Yeah, you should get your book into like into outdoor stores. Have you reached out to outdoor stores? No, I don't know if it's that big. But I don't know. I mean, so many outdoor places are like the outdoors and like diversity is like a huge it's a hot topic right now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like some places might actually be highly interested in having that book on the shelf. Well, if you know anybody, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to think about it. Like, honestly, I, I just think this is a very hot topic, diversity in the outdoors. And like within the last year, it's just been like booming, you know, it's just because of well pandemic. So, you know, (laughs) it's how human work is, is, uh, what do you call it? Reverse psychology. If you're forced to stay in, you want to get out. Yeah. When you're when you're forced to get out, you want to be in that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, with I mean, I I heard story. I have read story that you know people that are stuck in at home, like you know during the pandemic, they have found like the outdoor. It's like very, it's like a place of like you know peace, a piece of a place of healings. So it's really good to hear. Yeah. Hopefully, like you know, other people of like you know the BIPOC people could also realize that too you know yeah it can be a place of healing and you know hopefully people can find peace in it when they can't go see a therapist or when can when they can't afford to go see a therapist you know that kind of thing because people lost their job they lost their their insurance yeah so you know it can like the outdoor can be like a nature therapy sessions out there right and it's free Mm mm-hmm exactly yeah (laughs) except that uh you know if you go to state park then (laughs) you have to buy that state park (laughs) yeah but um also it's really cool that some libraries they have 
a, a, a state park pass where you can go and check it out for like a few days or a week and then you bring it back and somebody else can check it out it's kind of like a book but it's a state park pass did oh you know I didn't that? know that no I didn't oh okay now you do yeah they just start doing that recently that's awesome that's yes, so awesome so- no I didn't know that I know that they have like little like nature kits that you can check out a lot of mm-hmm. libraries have like nature kits with binoculars and stuff in them but oh, yeah but now they have a pass that's awesome yeah that's huge access because that's like yeah that's like a big accessibility thing but then again exactly. people still need a car to get there yeah yeah which is hard not I everyone mean, has with, a car so yeah it's, it's there's a lot of barriers to you know even though it's out there but it can still be a lot of barriers for some people yeah yeah but I mean, it sounds like, I mean, th- there's slowly things that are getting, that are getting better at it. And like, there are like the state parks do offer like free days on certain days. In a very cold day in November, yes. I think. <laughs> that day. But there was also one, I think there might be one coming up in February, which is also cold. It is, especially <laughs> people that never been outdoor before and they don't yes. have the right years to yes. be the outdoor. I mean, it takes me a while, like, you know, to get the right stuff to invest in the right stuff you know yeah because like what I don't know what to buy back then like you know okay wool is a nice base layer (laughs) to have wool socks yeah Yeah, no one people really don't know this they were like socks is socks you know that kind of thing but I think um yeah it'll be nice to have that kind of like uh education sessions introduction to outdoor yeah yeah and I mean there are so many places that do that I mean online there's a ton of that but people yeah so much of that my husband actually is like wanting to lead people he wants to like show people backpacking introduction sessions oh that's that that would be awesome yeah that would be awesome yeah um also um there is uh in the twin city there's this BIPOC group yeah and it, I mean events are for BIPOC so that you know we don't feel like we're being attacked by the outsider yeah yeah but um we'll try to get people into like you know more, to do more outdoor try more like outdoor thing, things that predominantly are being you know used or do by like the majority yes white yeah but which um, I think, I think, I think they're doing a good thing. Yeah. Try to introduce people to like, you know, intro to like snowboarding or like intro to like uh, snowshoeing or like camping, anything like outdoor that some people have never done it before. Yeah. yeah. So it's really cool that people, uh, this group is doing it. Oh yeah. That's super cool. And this is like a, an adult group. Yes. Mostly for adults because there's a lot of like you know having kids and stuff there's a lot of like liability yeah you know if someone a minor get get hurt yeah but I, I attended those few sessions and I'm just really happy to meet like some people that have never done this before and like they're doing it for the first time and like like I enjoyed this I want to do this again it's just good to hear <laughs> those comments right exactly and just like doing it in a place that they're comfortable with people yeah. that they're yeah comfortable with the with. people exactly so like we need a space like that yeah 
because you know if like somebody that have never done like outdoor activity have never like just starting to and then you know for example if they were to be in my situation they were to look for like a hiking stuff or like you know a camping gears and like you know they get that kind of comments it's like okay I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> right exactly exactly one little comment and it just like rubs you the wrong way totally totally yeah it rubs me the wrong way and there's and it pretty much taught you what people think of us or you know or like you know know about us or like what kind of stereotype or like pre-assume pre-judgment before we even get you know yeah so it's ridiculous they just yeah yeah super ridiculous very unfortunate but like I mean it's thank goodness that there's people like you in these communities that are such like strong-willed and go-getters who want to like support the community and get your people out there yeah yeah (laughs) they need people like you (laughs) so way to go well we'll see we'll see I need to get your book so are you gonna bring them to libraries yes so the St. Paul Public Library just order like a stack of books. So it's going to be in the libraries and I'm doing some story times coming up. Oh, yay. Like live story times. That's so cute. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll go into the library, do the story times. And then also I'm doing a virtual one. So maybe then people can watch it online. Good to talk to you. Yeah. And Yeah. And thank you for doing this. Thank you for inviting me to this. Yeah. Yeah. This was awesome. Thank you. You've been listening to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Peace, love, and hike through life.